1 Corinthians 2. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you. I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught uh, us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Now let's um, conclude our, our Bible reading and, and uh, uh, just before Carl comes up to share with us the message this morning, let's sing together. Let's stand as we sing, uh, May the Mind of Christ. Just be, uh, before we get started uh, on thinking uh, about the Spirit who speaks uh, I thought I'd recommend, again, a couple of books that might be helpful uh, with the topic that we're thinking about today. Uh, actually, it's just one book. But there's two copies, uh, so you can read it in stereo or just take one. But uh, it's called Guidance and the Voice of God by Philip Jensen and Tony Payne, and it's uh, just helpful for thinking through that issue uh, of uh, God speaking loud and clear and are we listening to that. Uh, and related to that is actually uh, a growth group Bible study material uh, with a DVD and, uh, and a workbook, there's three copies of the video out there. So there's more than enough for, uh, for a number of growth groups to do it at once. So let me recommend those. Uh, and also, just to note, there's a, a list of Bible passages in the leaflet uh, that you might like to keep handy for as we go through uh, this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask uh, that as we uh, think about your word this morning, Lord, that you would speak by your Holy Spirit uh, and that you would give us ears to hear 
uh, to receive your words that we might have the mind of Christ. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, some years ago, uh, a friend of mine was walking by a bus stop and she passed a man who was waiting there uh, at the bus, uh, waiting for there for the bus, and she walked some distance beyond this chap but felt, as she would say, God telling her to go back and to speak to that man. And so she went back and said something like, I can't remember anymore, but it was something like, this might seem a bit strange, but I really want you to know that God loves you. Uh, At which point the man broke down and she hurriedly explained the gospel to him before the bus came, by which point he'd committed his life to Christ. Was that from God? Was that the Holy Spirit speaking? And if it was, how did she know? Some years before that, I remember staying with my parents in Sydney and feeling utterly compelled to go and visit my uh, grandmother to make sure that she understood the gospel and that she was ready to die. I remember standing uh, in the room and, and, and saying to God, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I've never talked to my grandmother about, you know, had a conversation like that anyway with my grandmother. And yet I felt so compelled to go, and I did. I went, we read through Isaiah, I asked her if she was ready to die, uh, though she wasn't particularly unwell at the time. Uh, A couple of weeks later she was admitted to hospital, uh, and within about 24 hours she was dead. Was that from God? Was that the Holy Spirit speaking? At Bible College, I studied with a guy who told me that one of the reasons that he was there studying for ministry was because he and his wife had been uh, in Brisbane at a restaurant and a complete stranger had walked up to him and said, "Uh, this is a bit odd, but I just felt that I had to come over and tell, tell you that God wants you to go into ministry. This guy was about as straight laced as they come, but he felt that he ought to take that seriously. He was a wonderful, godly man. But at the end of Bible college, he didn't go into ministry, in a church at least. So was that God speaking? Was that the Holy Spirit speaking? And how do you know? We're going through a series at the moment thinking about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Last time, we thought about the Spirit as God. Uh, together with the Father and the Son and and the Spirit coming to to be with us, to make his home uh, in us through Jesus. This morning we're thinking about how God speaks through the Holy Spirit. And I want to try and address some of those questions uh, that we've just asked, but more importantly I want to, I guess, provide a framework for trying to come to terms with those kinds of questions and other questions like that. Well, right on the very first page of the Bible, we find God speaking. We find God speaking at the creation of the world. And throughout the Bible, God keeps speaking. Often the way that God speaks to people is through the agency of the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit putting God's words in people's mouths. All through the Bible, we find the Holy Spirit speaking through people. In Numbers 11, God takes some of the spirit that is on Moses and puts it on 70 other men who then prophesy. That is, they then speak words from God. In 1 Samuel 10, the spirit of God comes on King Saul and he prophesies. In 2 Samuel 23, verse 2, King David says, The spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. 
The Spirit of God speaks through the prophets. Nehemiah says in Nehemiah 9, For many years you were patient with them, that is with the people of Israel. By your Spirit you admonished them through your prophets. In Isaiah 59, God promises to put his words in the mouth of his servant Jesus and the mouths of his people. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you and my words that I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children or from the mouths of their descendants from this time on and forever. In the New Testament, Jesus tells his disciples that the Holy Spirit will give them words to speak. In Mark 13, Jesus says, Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. In Acts, the Holy Spirit speaks to Peter. Acts 10, uh, we read, While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So too Jesus says in Luke 4 that the words of Isaiah are fulfilled in him. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. God the Holy Spirit anointed God the Son in order to speak the words of God the Father. It might seem commonplace to us, but one of the most remarkable things, in fact, about the God of the Bible is that he is a speaking God. He is not unknowable or distant because he speaks to us. It's actually a great privilege to be spoken to. I remember, uh, I remember once meeting John Howard and... Uh, and uh, uh, not Peter Costello... Uh, Peter Cosgrove, General Peter Cosgrove, uh, and and we were milling around, and uh, I went up to the group where Peter Cosgrove was, and uh, you know we had a, a a little bit of a conversation and a banter, uh, you know about nothing in particular, but it was so exciting at the time. He was then the chief of the army, uh, chief of the defence force. It was so exciting to be spoken to. You felt special that such an important person would speak to you. People queue up for hours to meet sports stars and movie stars in the hope that these people might speak to them. They follow them on Facebook and Twitter in the hope of a retweet or a reply or something like that. Some small semblance of communication in the hope that it will lend meaning to their lives. But the God of heaven and earth who made us and who loves us is the same God who speaks to us. He has spoken to us by his spirit and in his son, Jesus Christ. But God not only speaks to us, which is a great privilege, he speaks to us in words that we can understand. He speaks to us in human words. What good is it to be spoken to if you can't understand what's being said? Calvin says that God lisps to us as mothers do with babies. I love that. He speaks in a language that we can understand in baby talk because we're so slow and ignorant compared to the wisdom and glory of God.
Calvin says in another place, it is most stupid not to honour the word of God because he has lowered himself to the level of our ignorance. When we find God prattling to us in the Bible in an uncultivated and vulgar style, let us remember that he does it for our sake. He speaks like that for us. God speaks to us because he wants us to know him and to understand him. Isn't it strange that we often look for signs and impressions and feelings which are so hard to interpret and so hard to understand when God has gone to such great lengths and such great effort to speak to us clearly in human words which we can grasp and make sense of? First of all then, God is a speaking God and the way that God speaks most often is through the agency of the Holy Spirit But second, the main place that the Spirit speaks is in the Bible. Paul says in Ephesians 2 that the apostles and the prophets are the foundation of the church with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone. That is, the foundation of the church is not what the Spirit is saying today in the minds and heads of every individual Christian, but the foundation of the church is what the Spirit has said in the past to the prophets in the Old Testament and through the apostles in the New Testament and through Jesus Christ himself. The words in the Bible are God's words spoken through the Spirit. They are the words of God breathed out by the Spirit of God for us. They are the Holy Scriptures because they are the Holy Words of the Holy Spirit. So, for instance, Jesus refers to David's words in Psalm 110 as words said in the Holy Spirit. Or in Acts 1.16, Peter says... Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. And he goes on to quote uh, a psalm. And remarkably, the words that the Spirit spoke in the past are the words that he's still speaking today. So the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 3, verse 7, as the Holy Spirit says, or in fact, as the Holy Spirit is saying... Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. The writer of Hebrews is quoting Psalm 95 and is saying that what the Holy Spirit said back then, a couple of thousand years before, well, not then it wasn't, but a few hundred years before, but what the Holy Spirit had said a few hundred years before in Psalm 95, God was still saying to the people uh, in in the New Testament era, That God is still speaking today. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. And then in chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews says, the Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Which is a quote from Jeremiah chapter 31. The words that the Holy Spirit spoke through Jeremiah, he still uses today to testify to us. That is, they weren't just written for them, but they are written for us. And in them, the Holy Spirit still speaks, still testifies. The apostles don't move beyond the words of the Old Testament or beyond the words of Jesus because the Spirit is now speaking to them personally outside of the Bible. Instead, their letters are full of references to what the Old Testament says, to what Jesus has said, to what the Spirit has said through those people and to what the Spirit is still saying through those things 
in the present day. In fact, Jesus himself still uses the Old Testament in his ministry. So you might ask, how can I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me? The best answer is, in the Bible. Or as one witch put it, if you want to hear God speaking, read the Bible. If you want to hear God speaking audibly, read the Bible out loud. It's not that every time we open the Bible that we find that God miraculously, that we find that the Bible is addressing the very issues that we're facing. Sometimes that happens and, of course, that's the wonderful grace of God and that that is the Holy Spirit speaking to us. But sometimes, too, the Bible seems to say nothing about what we're going through. Sometimes we're depressed and we open the Bible and we read about the necessity of church discipline. But it's not as though the Holy Spirit speaks sometimes through the Bible and other times he doesn't. And so some days it works and some days it doesn't work. It's not as though the Holy Spirit only speaks when we feel comforted or when we feel convicted. Even when the Bible doesn't seem to solve our problems, the Holy Spirit is still speaking, imperceptibly perhaps. Perhaps God wants to speak uh, about. Perhaps God wants to speak to us about the things that we don't want Him to speak about. That is, we we go to the Bible looking for answers. We go to the Bible. We want the conversation to be about us. We would never go to any other conversation and expect people to talk exclusively about our concerns or our interests, would we? And yet, strangely enough, that's how we go to the Bible. We expect God to be always speaking about what concerns us. But sometimes God wants to speak into our lives about other things and take our minds off the things that preoccupy us and distress us. It's important to know that the main place that the Holy Spirit speaks is in the Bible because we tend to prefer what God might be saying now to what God said back then. After all, it's exciting to think, isn't it, that God might be saying something today. But the New Testament writers say that what God said back then, he is still saying today through his Holy Spirit. Well, that helps us too, I think, to think about some of those questions that we started with. You see, the problem uh, that we have when someone says something like, God told me or God told me to tell you, The problem with those statements is that we don't know whether that's true or not. That's why phrases like God told me to do this are not especially helpful because it may not actually be true that God told them that. The only authoritative words that we have from the Holy Spirit are God's words in the Bible. It's strange, it seems to me, how infrequently people attach that phrase, God told me, to God's words in the Bible. How infrequently people say, God told me to take up my cross and follow him. God told me to flee sexual immorality. The words that God speaks through people are uncertain words, but God's words in the Bible are sure words. The only words that we know are truly from God are in the Bible, and because of that, they have to be a kind of a lens for all the other words that we come across. 
So if someone's words contradict the Bible, you should always go with the Bible, even if someone says, God told me to tell you to do this. I don't have a problem uh, with people feeling a great burden to do something or even someone believing that God might be uh, prodding them uh, to go in a certain direction, to do a certain thing. I think God does that kind of thing all the time. Uh, And I think we need to be more responsive to that probably than we are. But I'd much rather somebody said, I think God is prodding us to go in this direction. Let's search the Bible to see whether that's true. Let's pray about that to see whether that's true rather than declaring, God told me to say this. So what about my friend walking past the bus stop? How did she know that God was speaking? Well, actually, she didn't know. But she thought to herself, well, it can't be that bad, can it? There's nothing wrong with going back to speak to him, and God wants us to share the gospel with people. So why not be responsive? Why not go back and say something? And look what happened. Or what about my experience with my grandmother? Well, interestingly, it was actually uh, 1 Timothy 5, where Paul talks about families looking after their widows that really initially prompted me to start thinking about it. It was those words that God pressed onto my heart to compel me to go. Or what about the guy that I met studying at Bible college? He took the suggestion from a complete stranger that he should go into the ministry. He took that suggestion seriously. But he also tested it. He involved lots of other people in his church and in his context, friends, family, and testing that to see whether it was true. And at the end of four or five years at Bible college, he decided that that wasn't the place for him to go, that that wasn't what God had said, in fact. The apostles don't move on from the Bible but maintain that the Spirit spoke and still speaks through God's words in the Bible. We don't know whether our impressions or the words that others speak are from God but we do know that God's words in the Bible are words from God and we do know that the Spirit speaks through them. They're not dead letters but living words empowered by the Holy Spirit. So God speaks through the Holy Spirit. Second, the Holy Spirit speaks in the Bible. But what is it that the Holy Spirit speaks about? Well, Paul describes it in numerous ways in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says in verse 7 that the Spirit communicates God's secret wisdom. And he says in verse 10 that the Spirit communicates the deep things of God. Paul says, in effect, you can't get inside someone else's head. You never know 100% what they're thinking. In fact, I was reading... Uh, an article yesterday which said that a cognitive disorder, I don't know if that's the exact term, is the perception of mind reading. That is, you always think you know what other people are thinking. Uh, That actually leads to uh, cognitive problems, uh, to behavioural problems. We don't know what other people are thinking. We don't know what's in their mind, but the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God because the Holy Spirit is in the mind of God. And Paul says, remarkably, the Holy Spirit takes the truths of the mind of God and makes those apparent to us, communicates them so clearly that we can understand, that we really can know the mind of God, that we really can know his thoughts. You see, the chief thing that God wants us to understand is himself. 
not simply our circumstances. More often than not, we're more interested in what God wants us to do rather than in God. It's like we say to God, God, don't tell me about yourself, just tell me what I need to do today. Imagine if you said that to your wife. (laughs) Please don't tell me about yourself, I'm not interested in that, just tell me what you want me to do. I'm not married, but I suspect that that might be problematic. We want, we want God to tell us about our circumstances rather than about him. But actually God wants mostly to tell us about himself. Or we want God to answer our life questions. What should I do today? What job should I have? Uh, should I marry that person? Because of those preoccupations, we misunderstand why God speaks through the Holy Spirit. Some people want God to speak because they think life is a bit like a film script. And what they need God to do is to tell them what their next line is. It's like the prompter at the side of the stage. Now, what am I I supposed to do next? God, please tell me. And so every day they put out the fleece and listen to God's voice to tell them whether to go to the right or to the left. But I think it's important to understand that God is not interested in making us people who follow a film script that he is dictating from heaven. God is interested in making us holy people who make holy and wise decisions because we understand and know God. God wants to make us wise and holy people who know what to do because we know God. God wants to make us wise for salvation and wise for life through faith in Christ Jesus. Notice here in 1 Corinthians 2 that at the centre of knowing and understanding the mind of God is the gospel. The secret wisdom that Paul mentions, hidden for ages past but now revealed, is the message about salvation in Jesus Christ. It's the message of the cross. Paul says in verse 2, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's Paul's message which he preaches by the Spirit's power. After all, what good does it know? What good does it do to know that in ten years' time you'll be doing this or that? What good does it do to know what job to take or who to marry? If you don't know Jesus and if you haven't taken up your cross to follow him, what good does it do to know how to live in this life if you won't be living with God in the next life? What good does that do? I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crusade. Well, that's a bit boring, Paul. I'd really like to know what I was supposed to do today. The words that God most wants us to know and the words that God is most likely to put on our lips and in our mouths are words about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Well, God speaks through the Spirit. He speaks chiefly in the Bible, to reveal to us the mind of God, especially in the good news of Jesus. But last of all, what about other people? Does the Spirit still speak through people? Or does the Spirit only speak in the Bible? Yes, is the simple answer. The Holy Spirit still speaks through people. We saw before that 
uh, in Mark that Jesus promises his disciples that the Holy Spirit will give them words to say when they are hauled before courts and persecuted. The Holy Spirit comes on people in the New Testament and they preach the gospel. The Apostle Peter says that we should speak as though speaking the very words of God. That is, God has put his words in our mouths to speak to each other and to the world. A number of times in the Bible, God even speaks through unbelievers. In the Old Testament, God speaks through the evil prophet Balaam. And in John 11, the high priest Caiaphas speaks better than he knows when he says, you do not realise that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. He prophesies the impending crucifixion of Jesus and explains its meaning. In the book of Numbers, God even puts his words into the mouth of a donkey. In other words... God can put his words into any mouth to suit his perfect purpose. God can speak to us through believers and unbelievers. So just because the Holy Spirit speaks through you or someone else doesn't make either of you genuine Christians. God might use you to share the gospel with 50 people and God might save all of those 50 people. But that is not a reflection of your spiritual condition. God might use me in this preaching ministry to build the church. But that says nothing about whether I belong to Jesus or not. Jesus says that many will come to him on the last day and say, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out many demons? And he'll say, away from me, I, I never knew you. The only barometer of our spiritual condition is our trust in Jesus Christ. God can speak to us through believers and unbelievers and God can speak to us and through us without us even knowing. The high priest Caiaphas had no idea that God was speaking through him when he prophesied and explained the meaning of Jesus' death. So too, many of the words through which the Holy Spirit speaks in the Bible are just the records of ordinary conversations. People who had no idea that God was speaking through them. Think of Naomi, uh, of Ruth speaking to Naomi in the book of Ruth. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Those are just ordinary words. I mean, if you can say that. Ex- extraordinary words, aren't they? But they're just words that she spoke on the spur of the moment. She had no idea that God was speaking through her, but yet in the wisdom and the kindness of God, the Spirit was speaking through her. Those words were written down and those words still speak. God speaking does not have to be prefaced with somebody saying, God told me to tell you, your God will be my God and your people will be my people. The problem with that phrase is that it not only exaggerates the importance of some words, but worse, it undervalues the importance of other words. Which words are more from the Spirit? The words, God wanted me to tell you that he loves you, or simply, God loves you. Which words are more from the Spirit? God speaking to us through the Spirit may in fact be very mundane. 
It might be our parents saying, I don't think you should do that. I don't think that's very wise. Or it might be a friend saying, you need to get out of that relationship. Or it could be someone on the radio saying, flee to Christ. Or it could be someone who wrote a book 200 years ago explaining the gospel. We expect the Holy Spirit to speak to us through impressions and feelings, but really through the ordinary, unspectacular words of other people. So much so that if we pray that God would help us to know what to do and someone comes up to us and tells us what they think we should do, we ignore it. If someone comes up to us and says, I don't think you should do that because it's probably too expensive and not particularly wise, we think, well, that can't be an answer to my prayer because there's no tingly feeling down my spine. And they didn't say to me, God told me that he wants you to know that the answer to your question is... It's far more miraculous, in fact, that God would answer our questions in the ordinary words of somebody else than it is that we should have some special feeling about what to do. Isn't it? It's actually far more miraculous that God would put his words in somebody else's mouth in wisdom and advice, in the direction to a particular part of the Bible, in sharing with us their life experience. That's far more miraculous than it, is that we, than it is to have an impression or a feeling or a motivation. In our conversation on Sunday, in our growth groups and in lots of other places, no one may be saying, God told me, but the Spirit is still speaking just as he's been speaking since the creation of the world. God is a speaking God, and the way that God speaks most often is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to us and through us, chiefly through the Bible, authoritatively in the Bible. And the main message that the Spirit has is the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you speak to us and that we know that you value us because you have gone to such great lengths to make yourself known to us. Not merely to speak, but to speak in words that we can understand. Words that we can hear and appropriate. Words that we can believe and trust. Lord, help us to receive your words spoken by your spirit for your people about your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to receive those words and to believe them and to put our trust in them. Lord, help us not to devalue the Bible, but to receive it uh, as your precious message to us, your authoritative uh, and sure words in an uncertain Uh, and difficult world. And Lord, as we receive those words, help us also to receive uh, the words that you speak through others around us. Help us to receive the wisdom that you share with us through them. Help us to receive the direction that you give to us through them. 
Help us to test those words uh, by your words in the Bible. And Lord, we ask that you would use us by your spirit to speak into the lives of others as well. That you would put on our, in our mouths and on our lips the precious gospel of Jesus Christ so that people might be saved. That you might put in our mouths and on our lips words that would help our fellow Christians to grow in maturity in Christ. Lord, help, Lord, help us to receive all those things as great gifts uh, and precious gifts from you. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.